Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations, where we talk about mental health, adversity, spirituality, and societal issues. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. And join me in this week's captivating episode of the podcast, where I delve into mysticism with a remarkable guest, Martin Ristov. Join us as we embark on a thought-provoking journey through the depths of the human spirit and explore how mystical experiences can transform certain people's lives and illuminate their true purpose. Martin, a renowned mystic and spiritual guide, shares his profound insights into the mystical aspects of life. Together with me, he unravels the mysteries of ancient traditions, spirituality, and the power of mystical encounters to awaken inner selves. Discover how these extraordinary experiences can serve as a compass, guiding one toward a life filled with meaning and purpose. In this episode, we'll learn about what mysticism truly means and how it can transcend religious boundaries, personal anecdotes and transformative moments from Martin's mystical journey, Martine also shares that people can access and embrace mystical experiences, how to interpret and integrate these mystical insights into everyday existence, and the profound impact of living with purpose and how it can lead to a more fulfilling life. Tune into this enlightening episode and embark on a quest for inner wisdom and spiritual growth. Martine is an author inspirational speaker and personal bliss coach. As a thought leader and subject matter expert in holistic well-being, he helps successful men in midlife crisis to gain lasting fulfillment, to end the suffering in their lives, and to cultivate a permanent state of total well-being without the need to achieve more. Martin has dedicated his life to exploring the furthest boundaries of human potential, and he fervently walks his talk daily. Martin grew up in Bulgaria and immigrated to the U.S. shortly after graduating high school. There, he spent the next decade of his life pursuing achievements while moving across different states. Today, he lives in Santa Monica in California and is putting the finishing touches on his first book, Superb, Men's Ultimate Guide to Holistic Well-Being. In it, he has distilled the essence of the game-changing tools, techniques, and strategies he has discovered and perfected over a decade of commitment to pursuing personal excellence and exponential growth. You can find Martin online on his website at www.martinristov.com and check out all the other ways you can find Martin online in the show notes, including his special offer. And if at the end of the episode, if you could leave a five-star review or a comment in the comment section, I would truly appreciate it. And a brief word for our sponsors. So I would like to talk about deodorants because I'm tired of constantly replenishing my deodorant and then having to worry about disposing those plastic containers. There's a solution for that, Wild. Wild provides a eco-friendly, all-natural deodorant with a sustainable design. 
they provide a for life aluminum case. For me, they sent me a personalized case with my name on it. And did I mention you can customize your orders and have these refills delivered straight to your door? This is an all natural solution where there's no aluminum in the product, just in the case. Go to wearewild.com and use code EASY at checkout for 25% off your first order. All right, Martine, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to see you and have this conversation today. And, uh, you know, we touched base a while ago offline and talked through some 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 of the topics we'd like to cover. So those are very interesting for me, and I hope the listeners will find it interesting too. But uh, before we get started, I do want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and let the listeners know a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Furkan, for having me on your wonderful podcast. My name is Martin Christoph, and I describe myself first and foremost as a modern practical mystic. So mm-hmm. in in my personal pursuits, I put my energy towards goals that go beyond what we can experience through the senses. Now, I'm also a coach to help successful men in midlife crisis to eliminate all suffering, frustration, and pain from their life, not by achieving or getting more, but tapping in that truth within that lies beyond time, space, labels, and anything that the rational mind can grab and take hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the simplest way to describe who I am, what I do, and what perspective I bring to the table, and from what, and rather from uh, how I like to speak for experience versus theory, thoughts, ideas, and things I know about, but not directly experienced. In within my own being. Right, right. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. I, I find it interesting when you say, you know, you help people or men uh, specifically work on themselves, not by acquiring more, but tapping into this well inside of them. And um, I can I can relate to that experience, but why is that so important? especially as you mentioned for for middle-aged men right because there's this idea i think a lot of at least the way i look at it people once they achieve that middle age they tend to look at all the material acquisitions and start wondering what is the purpose of this right you kind of start looking at your mortality and wonder what is the meaning of life and is there meaning beyond this life so Is that kind of the notion that plays into a lot of the people you work with? And um, how are you able to direct them to start looking beyond the material world? Well, let let me first bring things all the way to the start too. Because here is something I want the audience to start to wrap their head around. Because it's not a very simple concept, but if you... Analyze your life with a lot more awareness and consciousness. You're going to see that what's been driving 
or driving your life as it is fundamentally is your drive to survive, your desire and those fears, survival-based fears, anxieties. A rational, normal human being, which is still existing and identifying itself, itself with this mortal body that eventually obviously has only one destination and that is the grave or whatever method you choose to dispose of it. <laughs> you know, I have no preference to, yeah. to give you that. But one yeah. being or the mind and the thoughts that we have lives and navigates life driven entirely and predominantly by fears and anxieties, mm -hmm. nothing else. Fundamentally, when you dissect the psychology of most people, it's all driven by fear and survival needs versus right. stepping up to exploring what lies beyond the comfort zone, which means not just comfort zone in the sense of your home comforts, but what you're comfortable as far as the fears and risks you're willing to take upon. <laughs> so our until we actually have a direct experience of what this thing is that we are we are in within our essence, our life always, always inevitably will revolve and be driven by these anxieties and mostly the fear we have of losing our lives. Now, obviously in early age, we don't really have this as a conscious uh, concern in our minds. It's still there, right? We know that if we do something extremely stupid, we get really hurt and we, that's how we learn, right? Pain and pleasure. That's how the human, <laughs> the, the human being learns to navigate through life as far as what works, what doesn't, <laughs> what is effective, what is ineffective, what's desired, what's undesirable, right? Right. Pain and pleasure are very simple uh, extremes that really help us to navigate through this so-called physical reality. Mm -hmm. However, as we grow and we get to a certain age where we know and we start to see that this, this vehicle, the physical vehicle, start withering one way or another, regardless of how well you take care of it, it's starting to age and you start to see certain things come to the surface. Maybe you have a health problem. Maybe you have a, whatever the issue is, you start to see that, yeah, in your early age, because of how we are more looking outside at the world, chasing after things to make us feel a certain way. And we are in a sense, distracting ourselves from certain realities that we don't really give time to. Right, because a lot of these pursuits that we all have, in essence, again, when we can really slow down, know what we are, and start to look at the world and what our activities, thoughts, and emotions are driven by, is right. always comes down to like we are distracting ourselves really from going and looking at the truth or finding what the truth and purpose and meaning is. But as we go older, these answering those questions that 
I'm sure every single kid, I had those questions in my early life, uh, childhood. Like I was very, I don't know if that was just me because I feel like I'm an old soul or yeah. I think a lot of kids have those questions that re we really early in like childhood, we started to ask those questions, like really looking at the meaning of things because one of the main questions all kids have when they're challenging <laughs> grown-ups is why. They right. have a lot of why questions to a lot of things that the grown-ups cannot explain. Like, why is this so, right? People will ask, oh, why is this? Uh, little kids would ask, and I love that. When they put a grown-up and bring up to their conscious awareness that they lack real understanding of why things are the way they are, why they live the, they live their ways, <laughs> I mean, their life in the ways they do. Why they buy into the beliefs they have. Why they subscribe to this or like that and so on and so on. And we, the, the more you, you prompt, prompt those questions or probe those questions, you look the, the, down the rabbit hole, the more you realize how all these beliefs, all these drives the, the, they are really built upon a, like, a mountain of cards. Mm -hmm. the, the, the more you probe at, the more you create uncertainty within the, this temporary sense of self, which is on the mental level and emotional level is the, what anyone or most people would call the ego. And on right. the physical is the body, right? Because we don't have whys like this. I mean, answers to the whys. We have theories, science deals with theories, which means that these are temporary models and ideas that up to this point, until somebody proves them wrong or there is a better theory, they are temporary truth, but they're not ultimate truth. They're just temporarily holding space for an uncertainty that we have. We have no certain answer to something, so science creates theories. And if you look back in history, when it comes down to scientific understanding, or at least how humans have been able to explain the whys in the universe, the many whys that we are curious about and our life revolves around, that all each theory has been proven to to not be true. Ultimately, to yeah, maybe you know, to a certain degree, there are some truths. There's little truth in everything. Nothing is in a relative, to put it in other words, in a relative universe where everything revolves around duality. There are no ultimate truths. Everything is always will remain relative and it, it could be true, but every truth is a how, how false too, or right. meaning that nothing is an ultimate truth in this relative reality. So our life, when we just function on the surface level and we don't have an actual experience of what we truly are or what lay, lies beyond what we can experience through the senses and rationally can make sense of our life to get to get back to where I started always revolves from this place or is driven by these anxieties and fears and most of the time it's on a very deep subconscious level it's right. not something that is obvious, but the more, the older we get, the more these subconscious fears 
become conscious or start to bubble up to the surface because now we time becomes a little bit more valuable to us, right? What do we do with our time? Because we know that as we grow older, we start to lose important people in our life. That's a, a let's put it this way, an unpleasant reality that everybody has to face. If you had families, grandparents, friends, and so on and so on, eventually as you grow older, you'll have to uh, let go of some of those people because their life has ended, right? So these events start to trigger little alarms within the ego consciousness, right? Because the ego is only there to function as a protector of this physical body. That's what it's concerned with because the ego only infers to what the reality is and makes sense of or creates these ideas based on the five data inputs it has in it to its, to its center or like uh, this uh, processor where all these conclusions are made or inferences are made in there, the sense of, of sight, smell, taste, touch, and our auditory sense, right? Yeah. So these right. are all belong to the body. So the ego can only function as concerned with this external world. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, from early birth, this this technology, even though great and very useful and allows us to have this absolutely amazing experience, already has been predetermined that it has one destination, and that is the grave. So right. if that is the case, and life revolves around these, let's put it, two extremes of birth and death, then everything within we do between those two points has to, one way or another, be concerned with what is before or beyond that period. Because everything we accumulate or do within that still lingers on this plane of temporality or unsubstantiality or because everything we know on this plane of existence begins and ends. There is no permanence on this plane. Doesn't matter what element we're looking at. For example, radioactivity can, comes from the very fact that, yeah, even though it doesn't take a couple of years or months, even elements themselves radiate or they lose their subsistence. Atoms right. escape, right? They get loose and escape because energy doesn't like to be frozen in one like stale form because that's what gives form to materiality. But to <laughs> close what, what the point I'm trying to make is as we grow older, we become more concerned with the why of those questions and having an answer and really like going deep and finding a solution as to what our lives are truly about because you see in your experience in your early age again because the ego is conditioned by the environment right case closed whatever your environment was is going to condition your ego or your monkey mind or whatever you want to call it this level 
of a false identity to think, to perform, to care about, and so on, and to see and perceive the world in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And that perception, that conditioning leads our life for for the rest of the for our life unless we truly bring it up to our conscious awareness and start analyzing it to see what of those conditioned behaviors thoughts beliefs values and so on really are in alignment with who we are and what are those are somebody else's that we can kind of like drop in the trash can because they don't serve us so mm -hmm. at that mid-age point is where a lot of people really like started like look and analyze their life with a lot more awareness and consciousness. The, mm -hmm. This is where it really happens and why with my clients and why in society, generally speaking, the, the there is this point called midlife crisis, right? Right. Because now you really, one way or another, your ego really is being... Uh, given a kick in the ass to really look at the big picture and analyze, right. okay, well, uh, maybe I've done this. Mm -hmm. I've accumulated this and blah, 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 you know, check, 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 check mark, check mark. No matter how many check marks you have, at the end of the day, you'll have to leave these things behind. Right. Right. You'll have to basically let them go of and even though in early age, in your conditioning, somebody told you, well, you know, this is very important. This is very important. This is very important. This is very important. This is what you should dedicate your time to and so on and so on and so on. Now in that age, when you can check all these marks, you've realized that by analyzing now, looking back at those things, your achievements, possessions, blah, 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 your experiences, that most of these things have zero importance. They don't change the quality of your life. They don't change the trajectory of your life. If anything, they're not more, more, of a, more of a burden than anything else because you have to take care of those things. You have to maintain those things. You have to maintain the status quo that you've put yourself into, so to speak. So instead of a freedom or wealth, they become... A, a weight that weights you down and especially what you truly are in your essence. So in it's very rare when you're going to see a soul or a human being early in age, when they're going to have this questions really like face that moment in their life that usually happens because they've already lived a lot of lives. They've struggled and maybe their life last lifetime, they're already on the path of seeking the truth. And when I mean by truth mean like ultimate, spiritual truth or the, that truth that escapes the senses that science has no evidence for, never will, and never can explain because it escapes the rational mind. It's beyond the right. rational mind, but you can have this experience within yourself. Right. And you right. can have a scientific method or scientific approach to recreate those experiences and approach it in a very scientific way to have developed and see beyond reality. Yep. 
Yeah. Or the permanence of what is or right. could be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And <clears throat> thank you for building on that. I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, there is that aspect of meaning. And, you know, you've alluded to uh, a, a few times the, the being able to find that meaning beyond the senses, uh, beyond the rational mind. And then you also talked about yourself. Uh, you described yourself as a modern mystic. For for listeners that are probably not familiar with mystics or mysticism, do you mind elaborating on that perhaps? And then we can kind of get into how it ties together with being able to look at things beyond our senses. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a very important point or a very important distinction to make. So in simple terms, a mystic is somebody who is building continuously a deeper, closer, more fond personal relationship to the divine. Whatever the divine represents for this person, it could be expressed or experienced in many, many, many different ways. However, all true mystics see the divine in everything, right? Because once you understand, even using Western philosophy, the, for the last 2,000 years, that what gives birth to phenomena, and phenomena, I'll explain what that is, phenomena is everything that we can see and perceive through the senses, but is impermanent. It comes from something. Something gives it birth. And mm -hmm. in Western philosophy, that something that gives it birth is referred to noumena or that which the senses or instruments cannot perceive, but gives birth to everything that the senses and instruments can perceive and measure. It's something beyond the senses. And mystic make their life or part of their life's mission to establish personal relationship with the noumena. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at the surface or the reflection out there out there which is what the surface which what the senses brings in because even science proved that what we see visually through our eyes in 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 essence or in reality or without being processed by the brain is actually upside down so in reality everything you see in front of yourself is upside down but your brain turns it around so right. A mystic in my in a practical modern mystic in my in my words is somebody who is working towards building a personal genuine relationship with with the divine noumena or whatever you want to call it, this permanent reality that exists between beyond or behind all the impermanent phenomena that we witness through our senses on a day-to-day and moment-to-moment basis. Yeah. And that's nope. when I say from my perspective, because there are many mystics or many people that 
would call themselves spiritual in that sense and, and building this relationship, but maybe their relationship is coming from a place of, oh, I want something, right? I'm building this relationship because I want something versus mm. I'm building this relationship because I, I have learned and not just learn, but develop within myself the the understanding through through my lifetime, through the work I've done, that the love that I can experience within myself is the love that's coming from the source. It's not there's nothing that I can do, experience, and so on that is not in essence given to me by the source, because this source is expressing through me and to use a simple analogy it's like the the waves in the ocean right the the waves can only exist and take temporary form on top of the ocean but each one is a part of the ocean outside of the ocean the waves do not exist they don't have their properties whatever right physical right. characteristics and so on they only can take form and express on top of the ocean. But if the ocean was not there, there are no waves to speak of. Right. Right. And just to kind of build on that, you know, as you mentioned, the waves are part of the ocean. And when you have that relationship, as you alluded to with the divine, I think you start realizing that you're all, that we're all part of this oneness. Right. And is that something that you agree with and, and have experienced yourself when you start feeling that connection with the source, you realize how you're just part of this whole big oneness, the, the universe, as people like to describe it. Well, I, I've definitely had an, uh, oh, to, to put it this way, you know, I, I've had an experience of this oneness in a sense while I was, uh, experimenting with some uh, plant medicine mm -hmm. to where you literally no longer have a sense of the, uh, to, to, to put, the, put it this way, your consciousness is no longer subject to the boundaries of the body, right? right. So you no longer feel just within your body, but you feel everything as part of your body. Or you don't have a body, you're one with everything and you can feel everything. You, like, again, to use an analogy, you feel like you're one with the ocean instead right. of just the surface of your skin and the coldness or whatever the temperature of the water is, you feel the whole ocean. Right. Now, that's part of it, but there are different layers and dimensions and uh, manifestations and ways you start to build your relationship and not just understanding, but direct experience of what this oneness is. Because unless you open your heart, that's a very important step. Unless you open your heart to where you can love from an unselfish place. You can just radiate love. You become love yourself because your heart is not open. In instead of you looking for love, for somebody to love you because you're worthy of love or whatever the hell it is, right? 
which is, this is not love. This is anything but love. If you have to trade something in order to receive love in return, this is not love. Right. You can call it business, whatever you want to call it, but it's certainly not love. We can call it passion or something of that sort, but love in its essence is something that's unconditional. It's something that exactly. we are in our essence and the deeper and the more consistently we spend time with ourselves and live from that place, the more that love bubbles up because we no longer look at the outside world to love us, to accept us, to like us, to whatever. We actually see that noumena manifesting or being the, the cause for manifestation of everything that we can experience through the senses, whether it's the clouds, whether it's the wind that you feel on your skin, whether it's the water in, your, in the ocean, whether it's the, all these people that you come across or the animals or the flowers or the earth you work on, you see in one way or another, you start to, to like experience and just be like profoundly like, like in awe by seeing how this amazing, infinite, omnipotent, uh, whatever you want to call it, right? It's beyond any words. The more words we use to describe it, the, the wise sages through the ages have called it the all because right. that's the most uh, direct way to describe it. It could be everything. It could be nothing. Right. Because every time we put a, a definition of something of this is being this, we mean that we cannot be, cannot no longer be that. Right. And right. something that is in essence, absolute includes everything. Right. So what you call darkness or evil or anything that's undesirable is still part of this. Right. And the deeper you go, the rabbit hole, the, st the more you learn, not just learn like intellectually, but you learn experientially to love and appreciate all its manifestations, no matter right. how pleasant or unpleasant they are, because the human experience within a human body will always revolve between a contrast. Unless we have the contrast, we don't have any experience to talk of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is when you were describing, you really can't describe what it is because it's formless, right? And I think that's how I kind of envision it um, because you, you can't really put any form to it. And, and as you were also talking about the ability to open our heart, I think that's the goal is to live in our hearts. And uh, I know in a lot of spiritual teachings, they talk about the longest journey is from our mind to our heart because most of us are living in our minds that through that ego state. And once we make that journey to the heart, that's when we can experience this uh, relationship or, or whatever it is outside the senses as we were talking about earlier. Um, but just another thing to ask, because I know a lot of people talk about even like in this aspect of as you're describing this relationship with the divine just to keep it simple it, it's a fairly private relationship and you know that's something i can appreciate too but 
why is it important for you to be able to talk about it and without getting into details, but why is it important for you to share that about yourself? Oh, why is it? It's critical because at the end of the day, yeah, the, the, let me put it this way. If you really get to the essence of life and what life is about and what I mean life, not just a human life, but life as it begins and it expands from its very beginning, whatever that beginning was on our planet, we know it was a single cell organism, but life as we define it, I don't mean just life, biological life, but the expression of consciousness on any level of expression, because there is an expression of consciousness or life, even in inanimate objects, in the sense that they're not biological forms as our science understands it, but they still have an expression of consciousness. They have a vibration of resonant vibration. They exude energy and like certain, uh, to, to use this uh, analogy or this, uh, th this fact, every single physical or chemical element or all the elements in the in the table in a periodical table they have tendencies meaning that their atoms are attracted to certain things and repelled from certain things so right. you can define this as consciousness because what is consciousness the ability in many ways to uh, to determine what is what to go towards <laughs> what to 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 avoid or what, what to, to do and what not to do, right? Like that's really like consciousness to a certain degree has to do with the ability to discern between what is desirable, what's undesirable, what is right, what is wrong and so on and so on. The ability to discern, given a contrast, what is, again, what you want to move forward towards and what you move away from. So right. you can see this behavior in, in even the smallest particles that exist in the universe. And to build upon that, why is it critical to, again, to, ex to speak about this is once you understand that there's only this one thing, this, this nomina, this absolute all whatever you want to call it, it's not a thing. It's not a, it's beyond things. It's beyond words. It's, you can think of it as the, what I like to describe as the canvas upon which everything we perceive is painted upon. Right. It gives, it gives the, uh, creates the ability for these things to express. So once you understand this again through practical experiences within yourself. The more evidence you gather, the more you realize how important it is then to, instead of looking at its various uncountable <laughs> manifestations, whatever they are, because it can take up any, any form. It's expressing through everyone, everything, and so on. Instead of looking at it as expressions, it's more valuable to build relationship with it because it's, to use uh, another analogy, if 
the world will we experience as human beings was coming from a beam of light, just like on a in a in a in a cinema or a right. movie or in a movie theater, right? And we see it on the screen. It's all and in reality, it is in many ways this this light that has been played upon our senses because everything has a wavelength and light has a wavelength and beyond the, what is visible to our senses. So everything is light in one way or another. But if everything the world we experience is, is light and is somebody's movie that is being projected upon our senses. And I want to know about life. I want to know about the meaning of life. I want to play and understand what life is all about. Shall I go and look, continue to look at the movie that's playing on the screen? Or should I go behind the projector and ask this, the, the person who wrote the movie or created the movie and the, the theater itself what it's all about? Mm -hmm. That's why it's important. Instead of trying to derive to conclusions based upon limited sources of information, which the senses are, which lead to er erroneous inferences on a rational level, why not tap within, find where and how you can create this contact with the creator or the movie maker, whatever term again you want to use, right? Then we can use plenty of analogies, but to, to, to use another analogy, right? If, if the world we experienced was a painting and the modern art historians or, you know, the scientists will go and study a painting, right? They'll look at the painting and try to infer what the let's say Da Vinci thought of and did of or what made him paint this picture in this way and what techniques did he use and so they start to analyze it right to break it down to the smallest pieces to do, to make sense out of it well you cannot make sense of something if you break it down to its pieces right you can only make limited conclusions to what might have been the, the reasons and the inspirations and drives and whatever it is that the painter had, but you're never going to derive to the truth by just breaking things down into its smallest pieces and try to mm -hmm. <laughs> make a conclusion because you think you've reached to the smallest piece of the painting because if we were to break down a painting to its smallest elements and go down to the pixels, we never can make sense of the painting because it's a piece of art. It's not pieces of pixels of art that we one by one analyze, compare and measure and blah, blah, blah. You have to look at the big picture to see it. So who would be the best person to talk to or entity or, <laughs> right? Well, it would be best to go and be able to speak to Da Vinci, right? Why did he paint this picture? Why did he paint it that way? What did he mean to say by painting this picture? What was the intention behind it? And so on and so on. So this is why it's important to go to the source and develop a relationships with, this, with the source because now you can learn directly 
from the source versus a middleman because there's this uh, popular game, right? The, the broken phone, or I'm yeah. not sure how, that's how we say it in my language or where I'm from in Bulgaria, a broken phone. It's basically, if, I, if we had a circle of, of 20 people right now, yeah. and I said, uh, whispered to somebody something, but the time it comes back all the way around to my ear, <laughs> it'll be very different from what I originally whispered. Right. Yeah, that's the telephone game. <laughs> or telephone, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the telephone game would be the, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and I, I appreciate that, uh, Martin. And I guess one last question for you, and because we, we kind of talked about it earlier, in terms of the people you work with, uh, especially, you know, again, specifically the middle-aged men, if they've lived their whole lives mm -hmm. just perceiving the world through their senses, how are you able to direct them or guide them to be able to take a different approach towards life? And I know you talked about earlier, it's, it's often being able to ask the whys and, and as you mentioned just now, being able to look at the bigger picture, not trying to break it down into smaller parts because then we lose sight of, of that grand meaning of life. But how are you able to guide these people to take a different approach towards life if they've been just conditioned to living it a certain way? Well, it comes down to, you, you use the, the exact term condition. I help them to recondition themselves. I give them the tools to first have a direct experience of something beyond the senses that they normally do not experience on the saints planes or mm -hmm. unless they've developed a certain degree of self-awareness and uh, let's to put it in other words, high fidelity within their experience and attunement with even with their physical body to sense certain things they'll, they're never aware of that they even exist because with somebody who's been functioning on the rational level for, for their entire life, right? They first need to have an evidence of something. They, they're people that need evidence, just like a scientist needs an evidence of whatever it is that you're trying to, to convince them that is true. So you need to give them the right direct evidence. And yeah, I can point them to documentaries and books and blah, blah, blah. And what, what's in, did saying what, uh, you know, saint or realize master sitting and this and that, but nothing beats direct experience. If right. you can help them to have a direct experience, which I can help them in many ways to elicit specific effects within their physiology. So they have a direct experience of something beyond the senses. Now it opens, uh, it creates a lot more questions Then they no longer, the ego can, can refute because some of those effects are so strong. You, you, like you literally, you know, I'm sure you've tested specific breath words and so on and so on. Some of these breath words, the advanced ones, have such a strong effect on the physiology. They literally like make you <laughs> like lose control of your body, mm -hmm. and you feel this this uh, what I would call or refer generally as energy rushing through your body in such a way that you never experience, even when you had orgasm most of the times. Right. So by doing things of that nature and little by little planting the seeds of that create more questions and then 
the burning desire within that person to really start reconditioning from living up this place of, again, of ignorance in many ways, because on a rational level, right, we create the ego loves. I'll, I'll give you the, the biggest uh, kind of like piece of nugget right here. Yeah. The yeah. ego relies upon a false sense of certainty because it's greatest Achilles heel is uncertainty. So it likes to hold on to these limited false ideas or beliefs that somebody has created. And that's why science progresses so slowly because all these people in science, there's nothing wrong with these scientists. They just, once they, they grasp to this little straw that is a very partial piece of truth and gives, and gives grant, which grants them this false self of certainty. They don't want to let go because the ego greatest fear, again, Achilles heel is uncertainty. And every time you probe into something that is partially true, you're going to see that is eventually it's going to fail the test mm -hmm. of how true it is. Again, coming back to the fact that there are better theories taking place of the older ones and these better theories right now will be replaced with other ones. And this will continue on forever. Right on this plane of relativity. So helping somebody to really, through direct experience, first create this ex inner knowing that there's something beyond, which mm -hmm. triggers a question and desire to learn what is behind and then help them to navigate that field from going into the uncertainty, so to speak, because the ego again likes certainty. and what's preventing it or preventing people to jump into something they don't know is this lack of certainty. And when you can navigate and help them and not just help them, but in a sense, elicit within them by knowing how this sense of certainty or provide this need because it's a need that all human psyche has for certainty. Right. If you can fulfill that need, then they're a lot more willing to let go of the false self of certainty they had before because the certainty that this understanding within you of what you are, that direct experience, that type of certainty gives you and enables you to live without any anxieties and fear whatsoever about anything whatsoever because you no longer are subject to the impermanence of your body and your mind now you live from a place that is beyond us it's eternal it's beyond labels and i you don't just know this because you read this somewhere through the work through the progress that you do within yourself you really anchor yourself and start to live from there and your life becomes very different. Right. And that's right. what in Christian, you know, the religion or any religion would many times they would call when somebody's reborn or became immortal. Right. Because that's the immortality of each and every human being, right? You can be the Christ. Everybody can be a Christ. Everybody can be a Buddha. Everybody can be whatever else uh, exalted spiritual masters are there in, in any religion. Everybody can be that. 
However, you're never going to be that if you keep on looking out there at the projection screen and you're not going to the, to the director and, <laughs> and scriptwriter right. and establishing relationship with them. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, that's powerful. And, you know, when you're talking about science, uh, you know, I have always every scientific discovery you, kind of makes you realize that we just realize more more that we discover things that we don't know a whole lot. And that's always makes me chuckle. And, you know, I feel like in science, there's a hypothesis of a model and they try to apply it to multiple scenarios only to, as you said earlier, to realize later on that we just don't have all the information. So there's something there as well. But, uh, uh, Martina, I do want to thank you, uh, so much for your time and coming on here and sharing your story and, uh, your insights and wisdom, but uh, for listeners that do want to get a hold of you or find you, what are some ways they can do that? The easiest thing would be to go directly to my website, Martin, and this is spelled M-A-R-T-I-N, and then my last name, which is Christoph, H-R-I-S-T-O-V dot com, where you can find all you or your, uh, I mean, uh, fulfill your curiosity as far as what kind of help and value I can add to your life. But honestly, the best thing you can do is go to superbfreegift.com and purchase my upcoming book. Within it, I've distilled all the essence of the things I've learned over the years through direct practice and perfected these are method strategies and steps you can take to really realize this eternal reality within yourself and bring holistic well-being into your life so you can live the life that you are meant to live versus what somebody told you you should be living or how life should be relative to something else. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> Thank you, Martina. And I'll put that in the show notes as well so uh, the listeners can find access to that. But again, uh, just want to express my gratitude for you coming on here and, and sharing all of this. Oh, yeah, it was absolute pleasure every time I can hopefully plant the seeds of inspiration in someone else's mind and heart to go and probe reality beyond what they can perceive by the senses is, is a great gift. Every soul I can bring closer to, to the divine or God or whatever you want to, we, we want to put it is, is just makes my day. So thank you for God for this great opportunity to share, share my story and some insights. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Easy Conversations podcast with Martine. As always, please leave a review or a comments in the comments section. I always love hearing from you. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please feel free to do so. That's the easiest and best way to support this podcast. Thank you. And until next week.